Welcome into the Train With The Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman, and that is most certainly not Chris Gores. It's a partner of another kind, uh, Chris, my business partner. Uh, The co-host today on the podcast is my life partner. See, we had to find someone who is very skilled at a lot of things, musical instruments, chess, Mm. fitness. And so uh, Rachel Sandler is here. Hi. Hello. Uh, Rachel, by uh, biography, is... Senior master coach at Solid Core in DC, the only female senior master in DC, True. which we love. I mean, we would take others, but like we love that it to you. Uh, and has also a day job where she does marketing and business development at a gigantic law firm. And so, what we wanted to do with this opportunity, where Chris is on vacation, that is why this is happening. Uh, he's out in Puerto Rico, gallivanting in the sun with his children and his wife, which is great for them. Uh, We want to take the opportunity to talk about marketing and content in the fitness space because that seems like an area where I have quite a bit of knowledge as someone who does content creation for a living. Obviously, Rachel has a a marketing background in terms of what she does for a living. And so here we are. This should be fun. Should be. Should be. Should be. Uh, (laughs) So let's start with the the why, if you will. Like, why would somebody want to do this? For years, fitness existed before social media. People always did different kinds of things to market themselves, but it it wasn't online. Now it seems like it's a race to be famous on Instagram in every facet of life, but in in a straightforward way, that's not clout chasing. It's not whatever. Why would someone want to build a brand in fitness on Instagram slash social media? That's a loaded question. I tend to start with those. You you can uh, talk to Chris about it and you guys can have a support group and, Then come back to me with solutions. But I would say (laughs) that trainers are in the people business. And so community building is a huge element of that. Whether you're a highly elite trainer who only works with highly elite athletes or you're part of a fitness company and you do group fitness. At any level of that, you do build a community around yourself. And so building a brand, building an online presence is a really good tool to start that. And I also have this wild notion that trainers should make a living. And I know, whoa, revolutionary. Whoa. And so building that community can also be a really good way to help ensure that that's taken care of. And the whole pandemic thing. Right. Now would be a good time, probably a little late to the game, but now would be a good time to consider your online persona and presence. Yeah, there is that. That's still... Somehow going on. Uh, Not in Texas. But, but, I mean, the idea of, okay, make a living, right? So how does that translate? You want to expand your client base. You want to find new people. You want to bring them. And it's one thing, like, I think of my main source of clients, which is people walk into the gym and they want a trainer and I'm good. So our membership people or the people in management send them to me and go like, hey, you should work with him. He's good. And that's one fine way to do it, but so many people now in fitness, and that used to be how most trainers operated. They operated within these, these gyms, but now whether it's gyms that are completely designed for independent training, whether it's a place like we go at cut seven that, you know, Hey, you want to, it's a fitness class and sure people sign up at like fitness class. But if you really like a coach, you might be more inclined to sign up for that coach. You have the same thing that for you in solid core, there are people who will only take you, um, there's other obviously good coaches. I feel like we should say that, um, not getting anybody in trouble, not calling anybody out, but pretty freaking good. Um, uh, but people will take just for you. Um, and so 
how do you get as many of those people as possible to ultimately be coming for you? Or if you work completely independently, you're a trainer who has, has taken the step that you train either at people's houses who have equipment themselves, you go out to a field, whatever it may be, how do you get those people to ultimately choose you? I think part of it is managing expectations. So setting yourself up for a success online is a lot of identifying who you want to talk to, what you want to talk to them about, and why you think they should talk to you in general. And so a big part of this is sussing out the details preemptively so that you can proactively target your audience and shape their opinion of you in a way that's mutually beneficial. Yeah. I think that there's two ways to approach it. You can take the all-in brand approach or you can be a human being. And I'm not, the way I phrase that's kind of unfair. because I think you can sound. do both. Well, I, I think the, the human being element is where you do both, right? Because some people just like, the, the ultimate extreme of that is the people who are on Instagram with no business desires whatsoever. They're just there to share pictures of their kids, their family, what they, their brunch, whatever. It, it doesn't have to be like wholesome. It can be millennials who really love avocado toast. Yeah. But it's funny because we're millennials who love like, avocado yeah. toast. Right. So it could be that, but like they're not in the business of selling avocado toast or of getting anyone to buy avocado toast, right? You have that, or you have like a strictly business brand oriented page. But where a lot of trainers lie is trying to do both at once. And so I think you kind of, they kind of draw a line at like, hey, we're trying to do both at once. Or do I go all the way of even going so far as to cr literally create a brand? I am, I'll use Chris and I, like we are trained with the best training, right? Where if we created a train with the best Instagram page, we're not going to have posts probably about like our families and, and things away from training. No, not necessarily. However, obviously much bigger companies like Nike are not doing their no, but you'll see Nike trying to tap into the personality of, of trainers and the human True. connection that goes with this. They just did a really excellent post about moms in fitness, and mm. that was super personal. Yes, it was stylized. Yes, it was of the highest caliber production because it's Nike. But at the same time, maybe that parent posting kid photos and avocado toast photos is one thing. They're not trying to grow a business or service right. anyone the assumption here is of course that there's a trainer who'd like to provide a service to people and so the like fitness gym equivalent i think is if you have a client who goes to the gym doesn't talk to anyone sits on their phone on the let's go abductor adductor machine for no reason they have no reason why they're there they just saw it on a youtube video and they're like yeah i'm gonna sit here and peruse instagram and you train with the best trainer are posting at that same geotag location about the importance of resilient hips and your glute med. And you're talking about this and you're saying, hey, have you been experiencing X, Y, and Z pain? Train with me. I have a great track record at solving that problem for people. You've now tapped into an audience, solved a problem for them that they knew they had, just didn't actually know could be solved in that same format. And so my hope is at some level, part of the goal for servicing clients is to help them with something. If you don't know that answer, you can't start posting yet. But if you are having that conversation, you're attracting people who are interested in talking to you about it. And so that's kind of the point. Yeah, that conversation runs parallel um, to one that Chris and I have had on the pod before where it's like, what is your lane in fitness, right? It, and that could be very specific to or very 
general. Like, are you a strength and conditioning coach? Are you a bodybuilding coach? Are you a dietitian? Are you whatever? Or even more specific, like, are you a strength and conditioning coach who specializes in ACL rehab? Are you a strength and conditioning coach who specializes in linear speed and wants to work with track athletes or uh, pre or postnatal? Yeah. Um, so if you can identify who it is you want to help, then that would seem to be beneficial and actually targeting those people. Yeah. And I think that in fitness and on social media, there's a lot of toxicity in a lot of different lanes. One of them is the scarcity mindset. I think some trainers are reluctant to brand themselves hyper-specific because they're afraid of not getting enough clients. They don't want to put themselves in a niche and then not get to work with a lot of people. But the thing is, if your client goes somewhere where there's a specialist who can help them with something hyper-specific, but also knows that you have a relationship with them, everyone's just getting stronger. Your business, their business, both of your clients. Like everyone is profiting and benefiting at several levels from that relationship. And so, yeah, if you're a trainer who can help athletes at a professional level recover from traumatic injuries, that's huge. And that can really service lay people, the people who are just walking around and get hurt and want to come back stronger. It can help high caliber athletes. But there's also a lot of validity in you saying, hey, I don't specialize in this other thing. You should go talk to X, Y, and Z about that. And so... I think knowing who you're talking to, why you're talking to them, and what you're talking to them about is a really big opportunity for trainers on Instagram and social media at large to brand themselves. So going back to, uh, a little, circling back, I should say, to what we were, or I was touching on earlier, the idea of brand versus personal and how much of yourself do you share? Like, how do you try to start even thinking about, even on your own posts, um, like, I want to share this much of me Rachel, the human being versus me, Rachel, the fit pro and how you would recommend others think about that. I mean, how do you talk to your clients at work about those kinds of things? Yeah. I had a conversation with a friend at another workout like a year ago, two years ago, something like that. And they said, you share so much online. And I said, I do. And yet I don't feel like you know that much about me. And it kind of took them a second and it put them back on their heels a little and they like processed what I shared and somewhere between lattes and workouts at 50 different places throughout the week and avocado toast. Uh, they realized they actually toast and they actually didn't know that much about me. And part of that is self-preservation. Um, as a female trainer in fitness, there's an inherent risk sometimes in announcing your location. There's an inherent risk, honestly, on being online in general and making your schedule and your habits readily available to folks in real time. And so sometimes choices are made for security reasons. Um, sometimes it's just my mental health. I don't feel like people need to know if I'm having a bad day. It's not their business, honestly. Um, at the same time, I think authenticity has a lot of weight online. And so I think it's important to also say things like, not every workout is glamorous and successful and feels amazing. And I don't leave every single solid core class going, wow, took my toes the whole time and amplified and crushed it, right? I'm human. And I think it's important, especially in fitness, that viewers of content know that this is a filtered and not entirely realistic view of how things are on a day-to-day -day basis. And so measure doses. 
I think if you're a trainer and the bulk of your content is about training, but you also have kids, I think it would be really helpful for clients or potential clients to know that you can balance training with parenting. You can find time for yourself to go do something for yourself and the value in doing that. And so not every personal thing doesn't belong with your training uh, posts, but at the same time, I think there is a level of security and self-preservation that goes into managing what you post and when. Yeah, personal training is personal. And so if you have relationships, which is always what we circle back to on the podcast seemingly without trying, because it's the truth is that relationships matter a ton. And so if you're if you're going to put yourself out there as someone capable of having relationships, um, obviously managed on a professional level um, and managed one to, to keep professionalism and keep whatever distance is required for that. But two for self-preservation, like you said, but you're accessible as a human being, um, especially in the fitness space too, where there's a lot of trainers that are intimidating because you could be trying to attract clients who don't meet societal aesthetic goals. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is a separate conversation about what society deems aesthetically, uh, desirable, et cetera, et cetera. But like, if we're just not having that conversation right now, but if you're built like a statue of a Greek God and you're trying to work with clients who maybe want that, but aren't there yet, then you're by nature intimidating. So how do you make yourself accessible? So and relatable. Yeah. And if we're talking about a business sense too, like how do you even begin to open that door? Well, by being a human being and, and saying like, Hey, I got to this point that you may seem feel is desirable by working and I can teach you how to do that or I can help guide you to do that in a healthy way. Obviously you need to be realistic with your clients about genetics and all the other factors that go into it. Sure. But it, step one of, of ultimately landing someone as a client uh, in that way is going to be to be accessible and be human and vulnerable and share and authentic. That conversation runs parallel to the conversation that I have with trainers or just individuals who are looking to start actively trying on social media. And you and I have talked about this, but you don't have someone who walks into the gym for the very first time in their life and they say, I want to deadlift 500 pounds. And you say, okay, well, Rome wasn't built in a day and neither is your following, neither is your engagement. And I think people get really bent out of shape when they think about it because only I don't know, 62 people like their post and they thought their first post would get 800 likes and they'd be running in the same league as Kylie Jenner or something. <laughs> and one, that shouldn't even be the goal. And two, I think realistic expectations and appreciation for things in real time is really important. If 62 people liked your post, those are 62 leads that you should consider and 62 people that are looking at your material. And so maybe troubleshooting, maybe reevaluating, but also looking at engagement as a similar progress to weightlifting or training in general. Yeah, definitely. And by the same token, like you said earlier, um, with like the concept of PRing, like not every workout is going to be like that. Not every post is going to be no. like that. So it, it, the whole point of a PR is that it's something you build to and then you achieve it and it's, it's the best. That's, that's why it's a record. And so, yeah, some posts are going to do better than others and not every post can be your best post. Like you obviously want to over time be growing if that's what you're putting effort into. You want to see results, but you also can't just expect every successive post to get more likes than the last one and, and to stack followers and, and grow your audience that way. Yeah, and part of that is also authenticity. 
being consistent in what you post, when you post it, who you post it for, and how you post it dovetails really cleanly with that. In the same way that you can't walk into every workout sleep deprived and hungover and malnourished and expect it to go really, really well. Like you have to prepare and plan accordingly. And use momentous. And use momentous. And maybe super coffee. Okay. Last one, definitely super coffee. We love super coffee. Equal representation for the sponsors to keep everybody happy and to equally represent how I use you you can verify. Hold on. I can verify. I use them both daily. Daily. Every morning. Every single morning. The whole process. We don't lie. Okay. Last thing. And then uh, we have Corey Gray, who's a videographer and photographer uh, who can talk to more of the, the content side of this. But the strategies, if you will, the Chris Gorez deadlift plan, 50% of your one rep max warm up for an Instagram post, etc. Like what, what are some, if people are like, all right, I want to start making this investment. I understand the concepts of kind of, what to do with being authentic, some of the types of things that I might want to share. I need to think about my audience and how I would engage them. But how do they actually put it into practice? What are some of the the basics that you give people when you have this conversation with them? So the deadlift plan equivalent. Except for way less math. Like Chris isn't here. We're taking the day way off. Way less that. math. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I would say engage your group, engage your followers. Engagement of followers, see what you did there. core values, yeah, engage your core values, lifting your follower engagement uh, strategy preemptively. Come up with again who you're speaking to. Are you talking to women who are super busy because they have two jobs, one corporate, one fitness, and you want to speak to them about where they can get stronger on their own time in a way that's feasible? And you've targeted a super specific audience, maybe geographically, cool. You have your audience, you know who you want to talk to. Once you figure out who you're talking to, what you're going to talk to them about, and how you're going to communicate with them, you start to strategize a little bit. And so that looks like posting two, maybe three times a week, not necessarily seven times, not every day. It's a mix of posts, right? Maybe your lane is skill set, exercises, lifestyle. And so one day can be talking about, here are some skills that will make a difference for you. Here are some specific exercises that make a difference for you. And here are some lifestyle changes that can make a difference for you. You've got three different content verticals, basically. And I bet a lot of people can wax poetic in any of them. And so brainstorm, come up with a list. What can you talk about? Soccer players in one, ACL rehab in another, uh, momentous and super coffee and the products that you can have. Look at this podcast I professional. Know. Plug the sponsors. Um, <laughs> readily available that support your daily habits and your goals. And then you get into kind of the nittier, grittier things. People are obsessed with the grid. Don't be. It's it's a post-by-post basis. Instagram does not care as an algorithm what your grid looks like. It's more about what your posts are and who's, yes, liking them, but also what posts have such valuable information in them that people are saving them and that people feel inclined to share them with folks because Instagram tracks that. Um, You can see it in your metrics if you have a business or creator profile. And so the way to do that is to, yes, sometimes you post a really good picture that just looks sick and you look really strong or you look really impressive and there's value to that. Post that, be punny, use like witty captions, sarcasm, find a voice that works for you and your brand. 
but also make a concerted effort to actually sit down, spell check, write a post that has an opening line that's eye-catching. Hey, do you want to get stronger in the next six weeks? Hey, does your low back hurt when you deadlift? Do you want it to stop? Something that's going to actually like address a problem for folks. Yeah. And then give them the finer points. Not enough that they feel like they don't ever have to hire you, but certainly enough to justify your expertise. Um, these eight things listed below can make all the difference in your deadlift strength. And then after that and say, there's no shame in deadlift pain, whatever, and tag a friend that you'd want to go lift with tomorrow. Something at the end that's a call to action that forces people to engage with it. You know, if you're doing a momentous or a super coffee giveaway at the bottom of your post where you talk about the value to your lifestyle, to your goals overall, you would say, hey, tag two friends you would share a super coffee with below or tag three friends that you've given protein to for a momentous giveaway. And in doing so, you've gotten people to invest time in your post and Instagram will rank that really favorably. And so as you think about engagement, as you think about followers, it's certainly um, a slow progression, just like all the things we tell our clients. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of work, a lot of patience, and troubleshooting. And so kind of like those little tweaks can make a difference. As a uh, very good fit pro that I know is very fond of saying, just because you planted a seed today doesn't mean you get to eat the fruit. They sound so smart. They, they, she, you do. <laughs> uh, this, was, this was great. Uh, hopefully people learned some things or at the very least got some things clarified. And, uh, you know, next time Chris is out, we'll come up with another topic and we'll see if we can, you bear can take crawling. a crawling. Bear crawling. Next time we talk exclusively about bear crawling. Buckle up. Buckle up. Uh, Corey Gray, videographer, photographer, extraordinaire. I always say he's every DC Fit Pro's favorite videographer. He's going to come on and talk to us about the content creation side from his vantage point next on the Train With The Best podcast. We're going to talk about the uh, super coffee, the momentous sound. Return with the Best podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee. And Super Coffee, that, that world is buzzing right now, Chris. Did you see what happened to them with the new plant-based flavors? I, I actually have not seen that. No, I've tried the plant-based flavors, and they're amazing. Well, see, that's the problem, quote-unquote problem, is so is everyone else, and there are no more left. They, they ran out. <laughs> they sold out in 20 days online of their entire stock of the new plant-based, the sweet cream and the French vanilla. Which they've, I've had the creamers before in those flavors, and they're delicious. And then they turn them into full-on super coffees, and uh, apparently they were a little too super for their own supply. <laughs> yeah. So even if you use our code, you're not going to be able to get that right now? Is that what you're yeah, telling yeah, me? Yeah. Like, our code works for everything on their site that they have available. But uh, unfortunately, uh, even with TWTB, you are SOL. <laughs> That's right. But... They still have other great products out there. You're still going to get the 10 grams of protein in almost all of their products. You're still going to get the MCT oils. You're still going to get great, high-quality Colombian coffee. And you just go to their website, drinksupercoffee.com, and you use our code TWTB. You're going to get 25% off your first order. And what I would do is subscribe. Just get that coming to your, your door every single month. And uh, then you can get in line, and as soon as they have more of the, the plant-based, you can Get that uh, if you fight people for it. You just, you just have to win the fight. That's okay. That's you're not gonna have to fight me because I <laughs> I need that. So when uh, when that comes available, 
We'll, we'll race for it. We'll run our hundreds for it. There you go. All right. So Chris will have it. I'll have none, but uh, I'll get some other of the flavors that I love, the mocha, the caramel, <laughs> et cetera. Again, it's TWTV at drinksupercoffee.com. The Train with the Best podcast is brought to you by momentous makers of the finest recovery products on the whole planet. That's not the way, what they tell me to say, Chris, but it's, it's what I feel is appropriate. Hey, it's not wrong. I gave a bottle of the Momentous Elite Sleep and Recovery to one of my clients, and since then, they've been getting 10 hours of sleep a night, sleeping through the whole night. This is somebody who normally stays up, normally is stressed out about life, normally wakes up a couple of times in the middle of the night, and since then, they've been getting their full sleep, their mood is better, their workouts are better, their recovery is better, and you should do that too. Yeah, as we always say, the proteins are amazing. They taste amazing. They are high quality, so they're going to absorb better. And that's great and is going to help your recovery. And you should absolutely buy them. But there is nothing, absolutely nothing better than sleep. And that is why Momentous Elite Sleep, if you had to pick one, that's probably the product that you go with. And so you should go get some right now at livemomentous.com. The code train with the best 25 train with the best 25 is 25% off your first order on a subscription, 15% off all concurrent orders. Train with the best 25 at livemomentous.com. Because if you're going to train with the best, you better recover with the best. And that's why we choose Momentous. We are less than a month from the return of the NWSL. And we want to get you set with the official podcast of the Washington Spirit. Produced by Train With The Best Media. I host it, and we have a great time talking to the players and coaches over at The Spirit. This week was particularly fun, and there was a little bit of training talk in it as well with Tegan McGrady. Also joined by Ashley Hatch. Had the two of them on together. It was a really, really great time. A thoroughly enjoyable listen. So check it out. Anywhere you find this podcast, you can find that one. It's Catch the Spirit from Train With The Best Media and The Washington Spirit on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening right now. Our guest this week on the Train With The Best podcast is, I call him every DC fitness person's favorite videographer, uh, Corey Gray. He's my buddy. He's my pal. Uh, he's also one of the co-founders of Humans Not Hashtags, the group that we started last year as well. Uh, Corey, awesome to have you on, man. And I, I want, you know, this is kind of like the content special, if you will. And so I figured you were a great person to have on to talk about creating fitness content. I'm actually curious. I've never asked you this before. Like, how did you get into like photography, videography, and specifically, when did you start doing? It's not the only thing you do. You've you've done a lot of weddings. You do brands. You do food photography. Um, it's all super dope. But um, you do a lot of fitness work as well. So when did that start becoming a, a big part of what you do? Uh, the fitness stuff specifically started around 2016, 2017. Um, one of my best friends, his name is Des Jasper. He's a, a personal trainer now in San Diego. He just as of last week got his own gym which is pretty sick but um he was post-college he went to radford post-college and i was post-college from george mason trying to you know find my path he was trying to find his path as a trainer and um i saw his videos on instagram at the time he would you know put his phone against a dumbbell or a wall or something just to show his workouts and i was looking to get into the fitness realm you know i worked out myself but i didn't you know shoot fitness stuff at the time so um, we grew up in the same area, weren't friends specifically, but had, uh, similar friends or similar friend group. And I just hit him up one day. I was like, Hey, if you ever need, you know, anyone to you know shoot you while you're working out, let me know. Um, he, you know, took me on, on the offer and started shooting some stuff that summer. And then from there we developed a friendship and then a brotherhood. And here I am now. So he was my first like official fitness shoot. Gotcha. And that was that video or, or photo. 
Uh, it was both. Um, <laughs> I actually watched the video maybe within the past six to nine months and it is God awful, but <laughs> it's great to, great to look back on and reflect on, um, you know, how far I've come and, and stuff like that. So what do you think works for fitness content? Like when you go into a shoot now, having learned all the things you you've learned since that, as in your words, God awful first video. Um, it's always funny to go back and watch old stuff or listen to old stuff. But wh- what do you, when you enter a shoot now, like what are you trying to think about? What do you think works? And then maybe we'll get to some, some mistakes later that people make, but like what, what works? Um, so for me, I always tell whoever I'm working with ahead of time, Hey, be prepared to work out. Um, <laughs> what you see, a, what you see a lot of times is people, you know, faking it and kind of going through the motions. And it's funny now after doing it for so many years, I can watch a video or look at pictures. I'm like, that person's not actually working out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, do I try to put someone through a full, full workout? If it's photos, no. Um, but if it's video, I typically tell them like, Hey, have a workout prepared or we'll plan movements together that just look great on video. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing that I learned, which happened very, very quick, quickly was like, have them work out, like don't fake it because a lot of times it does look fake. Do you try to coordinate, you just said like you do this sometimes, but would you prefer to kind of capture like, Hey, I'm working out, you come capture it and do whatever you want. Or would you rather someone be like, all right, Hey, let's come up with stuff that's easier for you to shoot or like that, you know, works. So it's a combination of both. Um, I tell them to have a workout prepared. Um, sometimes they send it ahead of time. Sometimes we'll go over it when I get there. Um, I know certain movements that don't look good on camera just from having tried to shoot them over time. Um, and if those are some of the workouts or movements that they had planned for their workout, whether again, it's ahead of time or when we're planning the shoot at the shoot, then um, we scratch it either completely, or we might change the movement into a different one to, you know, get something that looks better on camera. Um, one of the things that I find with fitness videos and having the the background I have in like broadcast and, and learning how cameras work, uh, it helps in this, but like lighting is sometimes a disaster in gyms. They are not like some gyms look great. Some gyms have a lot of natural light and that works out great. Other times, depending on which way you're facing, if like the lights coming into your camera, like that's not going to work out. Um, but if you are, you know, entering a fitness space where you kind of are going in blind or even you're in a not very well lit space. How do you try to maximize like what you have to work with? Because if you're a trainer who works in one of those places and you're going to be capturing your own video and thinking about like, okay, maybe I don't have, maybe I can't hire Corey Gray to come shoot my stuff, but I want to make sure I, I get the best quality stuff I can to market myself. Like what are some tips that you, that you kind of, see as non-negotiable standards to get quality video um lighting like you just mentioned is critical 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 um but there's ways to some people want darker and moodier gyms there's ways to do that um whether it's from the different kinds of ceiling lights that you have or the color temperature of the lights um there's also different tube lights that you can get that offer great lighting that are pretty cheap you can get them from like home depot and lowe's um i also personally love open floors um, sometimes, you know, people have machines all over the place or equipment all over the place, and you're very limited as far as the, whether it's the workout that you can do or the amount of movement. Um, so it doesn't have to be, you know, some people have a turf strip. It doesn't have to be that, but just open floor area where people could do kettlebell swings or lunges or, you know, various movements that involve movement, um, instead of just being so stationary or stuck to a machine specifically. Um, what do you, when you sit down to edit, like, 
are you talking like if you're a fit pro trying to hire someone like you, right? Like what are the conversations that you have about how you'll ultimately create a piece? Cause it's one thing to capture. And that's where I think honestly, the best of the best separate themselves, right? The best content creators are the ones who know how to capture the best stuff. Because once you sit down to edit, no, you can't undo bad capture, but the edit process is obviously huge. And whether it's the right music, setting the right tone or the pace, all that kind of stuff, like what, what kind of options do you give people and what kind of expectations do you set for what you can create? Yeah. So I think going into my shoots, people, I hope would have seen my work before they choose to hire me. Um, so they know what kind hey, of, if they style. want to pay you. That's on them. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> hey, getting, look, I take, yeah, I take all kinds of money. So it's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if they, uh, you know, if they're coming to me, they've hopefully at least seen my work. So they'd know going into it, what kind of style I shoot in. Um, but I, what I try to do most times, uh, before even going into the shoot is finding out what their goals are. So if their goal is to market themselves as a personal trainer, sometimes the best video for them, isn't them throwing around heavy weight, it's them putting someone else through a workout, um, which a lot of people don't think about. They're like, oh, if I'm a trainer and I show myself like working out, then, you know, and I put this video out, then people are going to hire me, which, you know, they might, but it's also better for people to see you working in the environment where they can put themselves in that video themselves. Um, so that's one. Sometimes if it's a uh, trainer marketing a gym specifically, then you want the overall feel of the gym, whether that's, um, by the kind of music, by the editing style, by what's actually shot. So again, if you're trying to market the gym, itself, you throwing around a bunch of heavy weight might not be a depiction of what you're trying to capture for the gym. Some group classes might be great. Some one-on-ones might be great, stuff like that. So going into the shoot before we even start shooting, I try to figure out what they're actually looking for, what their goal is. And that actually jives really well with the conversation Rachel and I had at the beginning of like, who are you trying to serve? And that what you just said, I think hits it so well of like, if, if you can create something where the client that you're trying to hire, that you're trying to attract sees themselves in the video or in that photo or in wherever, then that's an effective piece of marketing because they can, they can see it. And then hopefully they'll give you money and that vision comes to life. Exactly. Um, you don't want to market something that, you know, you're not selling you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you don't want to, if you're selling personal training, you don't want to, or if you're selling one-on-ones, you don't want to show group training. You know what I mean? So you just want to be conscious of what you're putting out when you're trying to market to a certain demographic or whatever service you're offering. No doubt. Um, if someone is like, this all sounds great. And maybe every once in a while I can afford to hire someone like you and, and create this professional type of thing. But I just want to also be able to shoot for myself and, and create better quality also, I'll use the, the term media, right? Create better quality media for myself in between those shoots. Where would you, as someone who has grown in this space, where would you recommend people invest their time and potentially their, their energy and money? Is it like getting a better camera? Is it learning how to, to capture? Is it learning how to edit? Where would you suggest people can be most efficient in terms of upping their skill level and being more effective uh, because of that improvement? Um, I think the biggest thing initially is just to put stuff out, which a lot of people don't do because they're like, oh, I don't have, you know, an expensive camera or I don't have this or I don't have that. And they limit themselves right there and they're either missing uh, their audience or they're just missing everything altogether because they're afraid to put stuff out because it doesn't look a certain way. Um, at the end of the day, if you're selling, we're speaking about fitness and, you know, that realm. So you're kind of selling yourself and what you offer. 
but if you're not putting anything out or showing yourself or putting yourself out there, whether it's you, whether you have a $10,000 camera or a thousand dollar iPhone, you know, put something out first. And then from there, you'll see what people like and what they don't like. Um, and again, you can build up into hiring someone with a $10,000 camera or whatever it is. But, um, especially if you're selling yourself as a fitness professional, people want to see you. They want to get to know who you are. They want to, before they hire you, they want to feel like they have a sense of who you are. So just start putting stuff out, whether it's talking or it could be you, you know, saying something motivational or nutrition, or there's, there's various things. There's no right or wrong. Just put stuff, something out, um, no matter the level of camera that you have, like don't let that limit you. Yeah. And then once they get into the media, I, to me, the capture is the stuff that like, if you can just figure out how to like line up a shot and get the light in the right place, it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, you definitely want the lighting like behind the camera facing you. Um, so you're well lit and people can see you. Obviously you want to be in frame. Um, again, if we're using smartphones, they have, you know, use the front camera instead of the back camera. So you can actually <laughs> see what you look like before you start lifting and then, you know, with whether it's downloading an app or within the camera roll itself, like you can trim clips and stuff like that. Like it doesn't have to be super clean while you're doing it. You can cut it up however you want. I will say I, I didn't anticipate this uh, coming up, but a pet peeve is when you see the start of a clip and someone's adjusting their camera. Just trim that part out. Every single person who's ever used an iPhone should know how to trim a clip. That you don't have to learn how to use Premiere or Final Cut, whatever, but you can use the trim feature. That's my soapbox. For everyone for that doesn't know, for everyone that doesn't know, if you're trying to trim a clip, go into your video, you press the edit button, and then you literally just drag the bottom of the video you're so much where you want to me. cut it out. You're like, here's how you do it. It's okay. I'm like, stop doing That's that, it. you absolute monster. Takes all of three seconds, and then the easiest part. When you're finished and you have it trimmed how you want, it says done. You press done and it saves it, people. That's it. Yeah. And you have the option. You can save the original or save it to a new clip and then just make sure you exactly. select the right one when you upload to Instagram. Okay. Off my soapbox, I go. Uh, if people <laughs> want to follow your work and get in contact with you to, uh, obviously, if you're in this area, you do some travel too. So if people wanted to, to get in touch with you, where do they go? What's your, what's your gram? Yeah. Instagram, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y-A-G-R-A-Y, Corey A. Gray. And my website is the same name, CoreyAGray.com. Feel free to fill out a contact form. Love it. Uh, I can't believe we haven't done this before. This was great. Uh, appreciate you. And uh, I'll, I hope to see you soon, camera or not. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Corey for coming on again at CoreyAGray.com or at CoreyAGray on the gram. The dude's just dope. If you're on the East Coast, honestly, he spends a lot of time out uh, L.A., San Diego too. So if you're on either coast or anywhere where you're willing to fly him out and uh, you're looking for someone to do big shoot, small shoot, whatever, uh, hire Corey. He's he's phenomenal. And it's, you just heard also a fantastic human. Speaking of fantastic humans, thank you to Rachel for co-hosting. Um, she was awesome. She's not here right now as I record this outro. So I can say nice things about her without it being super awkward and her like squirming because that's what happens. People give each other compliments. And even if it's like, someone you know is very fond of you you like squirm and you don't know how to handle it that's a weird human condition that we all have but anyway um i'm excited that we got to do that she's not a podcaster by nature it's the first podcast she's ever done and i'm very proud of her and appreciative of her for coming on and sharing her knowledge we've had 
she, she's produced this podcast in so many ways. Um, so many of the topics that Chris and I wound up talking about over the last six months have been ones that started as conversations between Rachel and I that I was like, man, this is great. And I think that I want to talk to Chris about it and put it out there in the world. And so the fact that we got to have one of those on the podcast is is pretty special to me. And hopefully you all listening got something out of it as well. If you want more from her, follow her on Insta at Rachel.Sandler. Uh, you can also go to my page at Craig underscore Hoffman. And she's pretty easy to find uh, from there as well. Uh, again, Chris will be back next week. Excited to get him back. And in two weeks, we'll actually be together down in Richmond. So excited for that as well. In the meantime, follow him on the gram at Trainer Gorez and hit up the programming. You'll also find that there is a momentous protein recommendation at the back end of our programming now. So that is pretty sweet as well. Do your workout and then drink your momentous and get the most out of it because that's how that works. But go to Train Heroic, use the code POD for 20% off POD. All right, that's enough yapping. That's the show. See you next week on the Train with the Best Podcast.